It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome into the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA. 547-1610 is the number. If you would like to get involved, we're also available via email. 610KONA.com. Bottom line page. Name. Where you're listening. What you would like to say. We are on Twitter. Bottom line 610. Facebook at the bottom line 610. And we're available through our free mobile app on the Google Play and the Apple stores. Now, today, Ed, is a day that uh, that you and I usually look at and uh, do some discussing in the second hour of the program, and that is the day that the enshrinees of the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame are announced. Yeah. Uh, waiting on that announcement, as uh, it was supposed to come six minutes ago, we'll see if anybody does get in. Uh, so we may have some time today to talk about that. Coming up at 3.30 this afternoon, uh, our weekly visit with a member of the House uh, in Olympia will take place. Joining us will be Representative Brad Clippert from the 8th Legislative District. We'll talk to him. Representative Clippert has a number of bills that have been filed heading into this session. So we will chat with him about the status of some of those bills and uh, how the how the session is going, in his opinion. Uh, as well as, well, well, let's be honest, Ed, there, there's a lot going on. Senate procedural vote happened today regarding um, the impeachment uh, trial of former President Donald Trump. We can touch on that and what the indications of that are. We also got a few emails uh, post yesterday that we can uh, discuss as well. Well, so let, let me let me get to the to the impeachment vote, because I have a bit of uh, development in that. OK, um, so Senator Rand Paul um, intro, or introduced a a uh, a question, I guess, uh, wanted to have a vote on dismissal of the of the charges saying that the proceeding was unconstitutional number 1 on the basis that the constitution is not exactly clear whether or not a president who has left office like president trump has can actually be impeached um that was the one that was one reason the second reason is that by the Constitution, the presiding member over the proceedings needs to be the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. That's in the rules. Well, John Roberts said he wasn't going to do that um, for whatever reason. Don't know. Well, because the president was no longer sitting. That's why. Well, that should have been an indication to the Democrats. Um, Stop. Well, so uh, so he didn't he didn't he is not presiding over that. So Rand Paul says, OK, on these two issues, we need to stop. And it failed, but it was a very important vote. It was uh, 55 45, mm-hmm. which means five 
Republican senators, and you can probably take a wild stab at which five, um, sided with Democrats that this should continue. But it also indicated that 45 Republican senators believe that this should be tossed out. That's way more than what the Democrats need to get a two-thirds on conviction. That aside, here's the developing story. I said that John Roberts, the chief justice, was not presiding over the impeachment proceedings because of what you said, Rob. Senator Leahy is presiding over the uh, impeachment trial. According to multiple sources, he has been taken to the hospital for observation and is being evaluated after an examination by the Capitol attending physician, according to a spokesperson. I'm not reading into anything. Please don't even start with me. But it is a little interesting, and I hope that nothing is seriously wrong with him. I don't wish anything Mm -hmm. like that on anybody. Certainly. But following a very telling vote like that, and then the... Impeachment trial is adjourned until when? February 9th, I think, something like that. So they're going to take the next two weeks off. Then the presiding officer, Senator Leahy, has a health issue. Just saying. Well, Senator Leahy is 137. At least. Yeah. So... um, you know, that could be a small problem. Um, and I do understand that there is a certain um, there's there's a certain kind of chain of things, how it goes down, that the, the elder vampires in Washington, D.C. passed down, uh, you know, a certain elixir to keep the other vampires going for as long as possible. See, now, but when you hit it... But when you hit 40 or 50 years in Washington, D.C., you, you eventually have to disappear before you can reappear again. Why is it when you say something like that, it's funny? And when I say something like that, I get all the tinfoil hat things it's thrown at de- me? It's on the delivery. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> no, but seriously, you, 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 it just, this, this has to stop. And, and I understand the, 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 the discussion about, well, you know, your term limits are when you vote them out. But you know it's funny how many things have changed in regards to how the legislature operates over time, that that can be one of them now, that we can actually seriously look at term limits. Because, and I I bring this up and I say this in the most respectful way I can, what was the last fresh idea that came out of Washington, D.C.? It's all the same rehashed garbage all over again. There's no exactly. more create. There's no creativity anymore uh, on either side. On either side, there's it's no just, creativity, yep. and the creativity when you hear it gets stifled and pushed down. Oh, you know what you're talking about. You got to be here for a while before you can bring up something like that. What? I got to be here for thirty years before I can get a piece of legislation on the floor? No. This is the garbage that needs to go away. This deep state stronghold garbage that's been allowed to build for decades has to end. And the only way it's going to do it is with term limits. And now you're stealing my phrases. Sorry. Come on, man. Let's uh, go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? 
Yeah, this is Tom from Mattawa, and Hi, I, Tom. I agree 100. The, the term limit thing, man, wouldn't that be beautiful? Oh, that kid. Uh, <laughs> just a quick question. I, a couple of my friends I talked to today, and everybody had the same question. So if Chief Justice, Justice Roberts can't preside over the impeachment trial, um, Senator Leahy is, let's just say, gets out of the hospital, and he's fine. Is, so he presides over it, and he also has a vote? On the impeachment? I mean, is that, do you guys know? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. He's a senator. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, he, he gets a vote. Yeah. He's just not there to, uh, to oversee. Yeah. He's there to guide the proceedings. And then we already know what his vote's going to be. So we don't need to, we don't need any suspense in that regard. We already know how he's going to vote along with probably every other Democrat. Maybe Joe Manchin could be, you know, a question, but we know how, so we, we know how all of them are going to vote. Yeah, one or two Democrats potentially could vote against, but three or four Republicans will. It just seems like a pretty weird deal that the guy proceeding over it, we already know he's going to vote for impeachment, but yet he proceeds over the whole thing. It just seems odd. I was just curious about if you guys knew that. I appreciate it. Yep. No, thanks for the call, Tom. And he can. It has happened before where a senator has overseen. Um, It doesn't happen very frequently because impeachment trials don't happen very frequently. But it's also in in place and in practice for any official that comes up under impeachment, not just the president of the United States. So, um, But but, normally... But normally it's the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And and when it's a president, when it's a sitting president, it's always the chief justice of the Supreme Court. Yes, and it was... um Trump's first yes, trial that Chief did John not Roberts. get a conviction. No, of course so. not. And this one won't either. No. Because uh, they need 67 votes and they're not going to get anywhere close to it. So it will be another waste of time, another waste of taxpayer dollars, another giant charade. But hey, you know, that's what Dems like to do best. In the meantime, uh, Patrick Leahy will get his energy back by being fed the souls of the downtrodden. Who are you? Bottom line on Twitter at Bottom Line 610. Now, back to the show presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA 5471610. If you would like to get involved, Perfection Tire for locations in the Tri Cities. Hey, if you need tires next week, is when you need to get them. I'll tell you that right now because the 10% over cost sale begins February 1st, goes through February 15th. Talk about an incredible deal, and it covers all tires. Cooper, Nokian, Toyo, all tires in Perfection Tire, 10% over cost for two weeks only, February 1st to February 15th at all four Tri-Cities locations. So if you need tires, if you think you're going to need tires, if the kids need tires, if you want to buy somebody tires for a gift, now is the time to get it because the prices are never going to be that good at except for the next two weeks, February 1st through February 5th at Perfection Tire. You can check out their website, perfectiontire.com as well. So, Ed, we teased it. I may as well put it out there right now. Just out by the National Baseball Hall of Fame Museum, no one getting into the hall in 2021, and that's really a shame. That it really is a shame. All that often, does it? it? It does. And the last time it happened was the first year, and it was a statement by the writers. It was the first year, and it was nine years ago. Um, yeah, it was nine years ago because 
there were a couple of things that happened in the in the the fallout from the steroid guys oh yeah being eligible on the ballot the oh, first year yeah. there was a bunch of them on the ballot it was 9 years ago it was the first year that bonds and clemens were on nobody got inducted and it was a message to the steroid guys that they would never get inducted uh-huh. into the hall of fame okay well then remember it used to be 15 years and they reduced it to 10 yeah so but here's the, here's the, here's the problem and this is this is what really irks me about the Baseball Writers Association is that they have completely and totally bastardized the character clause. They have bastardized the character clause. Okay, There are a handful of pitchers in the history of Major League Baseball that have had a stellar postseason careers as Kurt Schilling. Stellar postseason career. Mm-hmm. The character clause, and I didn't think I would need to explain this in this day and age, but apparently some of the younger voters in the Baseball Writers Association need an education on the character clause, how it was developed, and why it was developed. It was developed because of the 1919 Black Sox. Oh, yeah. It was put into effect to make sure that any player that did anything on the field during their career, or I should say off the field during their career, that would look badly on the game of baseball or would hurt the game of baseball, could be used in determining their eligibility and induction into the Hall of Fame. By the way, parenthetically, yes, the movie Eight Men Out, yes, one of my favorite sports movies of all time. Just, Top three, just go watch, watch it. It's you know, it, yeah. it's, it's it's theatrical. It's not a hundred percent accurate, but it sure is awfully close. It's got an incredible cast, and yeah. I just watched it again like a couple months ago. It's a good movie. It is a great movie. Anyway, sorry. Back to the character clause. Yes, the whole point of it was if you committed an act during your playing career that could be seen as detrimental to the game of baseball, or if you were a total and complete jerk, they could use it against you. The media has used this clause to keep a number of people waiting or out. Who they didn't like. Who they didn't like, or who wasn't friendly to them. Okay, Jim Rice was was the victim of the character clause for many, many years because he didn't like to talk to reporters. Yeah. Okay, there were a number of players who they've used the character clause on. But what they're doing to Kurt Schilling is they're using the character clause in his post-playing career. Yeah, they're using it because he is. Let's say it right now, he is very, very much a conservative. Yes, he is. They are using it based on tweets that he's he's put out and other things he's done. Post-playing career, which is not what the character clause was designed for. No, it was only if you did something during your playing time. That is correct. So, Kurt Schilling, who had 70% on the ballot last year, Mm -hmm. does not get into the Hall of Fame this year, even though the way things usually trend, he would have, because snowflake writers who don't like his tweets that occurred well after his career ended, will not put him in the Hall of Fame because they need their whoobies, they cry, and they don't like conservative athletes. The same writers who lionized him when he had the bloody ankle Absol- in the World Series. Well, no, not the same ones. Those well, ones were those ones still had pacifiers the same, in their mouths. The same group of people. The, the sports writers. I, I can is tell my you point. right now. I can tell you right now. If the same group of sports writers that was there with the bloody sock were voting today, he'd be in. But it's the ones that had the pacifiers in their mouths when he had the bloody sock that are voting. 
and that are part of that voting block that are keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. All right, so how much percentage do you need? 75. Okay, and he had 70 last time, and nobody, you're telling me nobody got Nobody it, got 75. it. Okay, 60, Kurt Schilling was 20 votes short last year. He was 16 votes short this year. Hmm. 16 votes this year. So they didn't have a ceremony last year. So the ceremony this year will be last year's inductees with nobody from this year. Okay. So who should have? Who should have? Yeah. Kurt Schilling. Okay. That's who should have. That's it? But by, Oh, absolutely, because here's the thing. Bonds and Clemens are in their ninth year. Yeah. They both only got 61% of the vote. Okay, so they aren't They're done. It. Well, unless they... What's, They're not what, getting 14%. No, no, no. What's the... Um, What's the uh, category, uh, like, for those that are way... Oh, the Veterans Committee? Yeah, Veterans Committee. Yeah, the Veterans Committee aren't going to put Clemens or Bonds in either. Um, Scott Rowland got up to 52%, but Scott Rowland, in my opinion, is not a Hall of Famer. I mean, there isn't anybody that's on the ballot right now that that was out there that was a diehard Hall of Famer. Schilling had 71.1% of the vote. He went up a touch. Omar Vizquel actually dropped. Uh, Billy Wagner dropped. Todd Helton, not so well. Sheffield, you know, he did some PUDs. Pettit, only 13%. Sammy Sosa, 17%. How Manny Ramirez got 28%, I have no idea, because he got suspended twice. The reason why I bring up the Veterans Committee is Kurt Schilling, a few minutes ago, tweeted out um, a link to, uh, I think it was a posting on Facebook of his, uh, but he he wanted to share a letter that he wrote to the Hall of Fame yesterday, and in a nutshell, he is requesting to be removed from the Hall of Fame ballot next year once his candidacy to be decided by the Veterans Committee in the future once he's eligible. Hey, look. He'll be he, eligible. He knows, he knows that that he's not going to get a fair shake with the sports writers now. So he wants to uh, he wants to uh, lay his claim with the veterans committee. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, it's funny. He throws an interesting line in here. I do not and never will quote scoreboard the cowards. But if I'm not mistaken, only Jamie Moyer and I swept the humanitarian awards. Players can win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, again, it's just it's the fact they don't like his tweets. Yeah, and they're the, going to the political tr- tweets. They're going to yes. do everything they can to keep him out of the Hall of Fame, and it's absolute garbage. So cancel culture has reached baseball Hall of Fame. It, it, it with 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 the snowflakes that are voting, the wet behind the ears that that don't understand and don't know enough of the history of the game to know what the clause was made for in the first place. Yes, absolutely. Sounds like uh, somebody needs a little history. Let oh wait, dang it, we don't do history again. You know, technically, oh, man. You know, technically, I was writing, doing sports writing for fifteen years. Maybe I should apply to the BBWAA for a vote. I could get. I mean, that wouldn't be enough to get Schilling in, but I'd be enough to at least you know attempt to right some wrongs. You can yeah. try that. Yeah, it won't work, but you know, I can try. All right. Well, the show must go on, as it, they say. And we're it will. coming up on a commercial break, and we're going to have a special guest join us. That's right. Representative Brian Clibbert from the 8th Legislative District will be joining us. Uh, we're going to talk about the bills that he has filed. We're going to talk about what's going on in the session. And our understanding as well is that Representative Clippert 
uh, has an announcement that he would like to make on the program as well for mm. the listeners of News Radio 610 KONA. Back with that after this. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610-KONA. It is Tuesday afternoon. Putting the phone number on hold for just a few minutes is joining us as we have each and every Tuesday afternoon a member of the State House of Representatives to talk about the session and uh, a number of other things associated. And joining us today is Representative Brad Clippert from the 8th Legislative District. District, excuse me. Good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing great. Thanks. Good to have you. Now, let's start. Uh, you probably in the running for uh, most bills filed heading into the session. You had a number of them uh, that were on the table, Representative Clippert, heading into this legislative session. Uh, what is the status on some of your bills? Do you know? Have any of them gotten to the point where they are going to move into committee or get ready to move out of committee? Well, one of the bills that I sponsored at the request of a constituent here in the Tri-Cities uh, for... Uh, social workers uh, passed unanimously out of committee and passed unanimously off the House floor last Friday. So it's on its way across the rotunda to the Senate. And what would that bill do, sir? So there was, for social workers who are in training to move to the next level of social work, um, there was a limit on the amount of their training that could be supervised from a distance. But the constituent came to me and said, Representative Clipper, in our current environment where we can't get together, it doesn't make sense to limit this. Uh, I need you to help me uh, make this, you know, give us more time that we can be supervised from a distance. And so we simply crossed out the limit uh, for two levels of social workers, uh, distance supervision, and everybody in the legislature, well, at least in the House committee and the, on the House floor, agreed that that makes sense in today's current environment. We're talking with Representative Brad Clibbert from the 8th Legislative District here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610 KONA. Uh, one bill that you have filed that, um, well, there's a couple bills you filed that I, I'm certainly interested in seeing where they go. But one that I'm most interested in seeing is, is for me, a bill that was long overdue, and that would ban um, the practice of aborting fetuses that test positive for Down syndrome. Is there any um, any chatter on that bill getting into committee, coming out of committee? Uh, what do you think the likelihood of that that bill is to see the floor? Unfortunately, I have not heard any chatter on that uh, bill, nor have I heard that they have scheduled it for a hearing in committee. Um, it is a found uh, strong foundation of my beliefs and that uh, children need to be protected, both those who, the unborn and the born, and so... And like I uh, may have told you in our previous show, this came to me from a 16-year-old from Richland, Washington, who has a Down syndrome brother, and he loves his brother so much, it, it just w- broke his heart thinking that there would be someone who would abort a baby because they tested for positive for Down syndrome. And so um, I uh, ran that bill, and I'm hoping and praying that it gets a, a hearing and, and passes off the House floor and goes over to the Senate. Well, we can all hope that um, that a bill like that can certainly at least get a committee hearing and hopefully be able to have some arguments uh, on its behalf in front of members of the state legislature. Um, 
where do you think, because you've got some election bills out there as well, um, we, we know where things are sitting at the moment. There's a lot of focus on uh, low-carbon fuel standard. There's a lot of focus on tax increases. Do you think any of the bills that the that most of your constituents are interested in are going to get a sniff, or are we going to be dealing with tax wrangling for the majority of this session? Uh, tax wrangling will certainly be a part of the session. Um, if I understand correctly, it's already passed out a committee a 65 cent per gallon uh, gas tax increase. And I just heard on this station at the break that we've got like the third highest gas prices in the nation. So my understanding is that when party line, the majority party said uh, to support their low carbon fuel standard, um, their plan that passed off committees to raise your gas taxes by 65, another 65 cents per gallon and uh, that, that just doesn't make sense to me because I, I hear them say that we have the most regressive tax system in, in the nation and that we need to change that. But why would you increase the gas tax 65 cents per gallon for maybe a single mom who has three kids and she goes to school during the day and she works at night and she's got to put gas in the car to get her kids to day care or to school and then she's got to put food on the table? It just doesn't make sense that you would want to do that to the citizens of Washington State. Well, and Representative Clippert, it seems that you know not only this situation where you're you're looking at raising the gas tax, but even if the goal is to move you to a hybrid vehicle, there are uh, there are ridiculous tax add-ons if you get in a, if you get a hybrid vehicle or an electrical vehicle as well. So, really, it seems like anybody that drives a vehicle, the Democrats in the state legislature are just looking to take as much money away from you as possible. Yeah, and, and that. The person who uh, low-income people can't afford a Prius, they can't afford a Tesla, they, they can afford a used car that probably doesn't get the greatest gas mileage in the world and needs a mechanic to look at it every now and then. So, yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me if your goal is to help the poor uh, to increase gas taxes if you're wanting to change a regressive tax system. My personal opinion, it seems that they want to make more people poor. They don't want to help the poor, but that's just my opinion. Uh, not to mention that that, which, I, by the way, many in your district are, are in the agriculture industry. This is going to hit farmers hard. It is going to hit farmers hard, very hard. And, you know, I talked to um, some people involved in agriculture earlier today, and they are talking about overtime and, and that the courts decided that the farmers and dairymen have to pay uh, their workers overtime and because they were exempted before. And, in fact, they have to pay years back pay for overtime that their workers have worked, and they're begging us. They're begging us not to do that because it's just going to crush them financially in a state where agriculture is one of our biggest uh, revenues in the state, so why would we want to hurt the people who feed the people around the world from Washington State? Doesn't make sense to me. We're talking with Representative Brad Clippert here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 at KONA, representing the 8th Legislative District. Um, as someone who has served in the military as long as you have, someone who is also a law enforcement officer, what are your thoughts on what is surrounding the people's house in Olympia? Um, what is your thought on the governor's? Um, security measures that that have been there since the beginning of the session? Well, I was there for opening day. We had opening day ceremonies, 
and a lot of my fellow uh, guardsmen were there. Um, they stood there in the rain. Um, I did not see any threat whatsoever. There were hundreds of them. And um, so certainly the place was safe, and I want to thank them for their service to us. But then that night I was sent home, and uh, as were most of us, and told to go home, get on a computer. You are not allowed to be in Olympia. And so I have been here in my home office uh, conducting the state's business on a computer uh, since the second day of the session, not allowed to be in Olympia. So I guess they're protecting the governor and the few people who are there because most of us are not. You know, Representative Clippert, I've asked this question of each lawmaker that we've had on the program since the session began regarding the security measures and the extension of those security measures and wondered why the why the situation at the Capitol, which has not seemed in there, the FBI has even said there have been no credible threats against, uh, why such a large calling of guardsmen and state patrol when um, nothing of the sort occurred when a six-block area of Seattle was taken over in the summer? Yeah, yeah, that... <laughs> I, I, I do not, I do not understand. And, and yeah, and some of the pieces of legislation uh, that are before us right now that to me are just an attack, a literal attack on law enforcement. Um, I, I just, I don't understand. And I will ask the prime sponsors of these bills, if you take the tools away from us, us law enforcement officers, us first responders, how do you expect us to keep the community safe? How do you expect us to stop these riots that are taking place in our city streets if you continually uh, take our tools away from us, uh, defund the police, and, and don't back us because we're the legislature writes the law. And then we in the communities hire officers to enforce those laws. And right now, I'm telling you, your legislature is not backing up your law enforcement officers. In fact, just the opposite is taking place. They're attacking our law enforcement officers. We're talking with Representative Brad Clippert from the 8th Legislative District here on the Bottom Line News Radio 610-KONA. Um, Representative Clippert, it seemed to me in some of the, especially the tax bills I was reading, low-carbon fuel standard, and I believe one other one, has some money earmarked to go to tribes in Washington State. And it seems to me that a number of these bills, whenever they come forward, and some other bills that have been passed, also take money uh, from taxpayers in Washington State and give them to um tribes in Washington State. Now, nothing against the tribes, but they also have a pretty sweet deal where they get to keep their tax revenue uh, from the casinos that they have on on tribal land. How much money are, do you, do you have any idea how much additional taxpayer dollars Washington State residents are giving to the tribes each year? And what is that money being used for? You know, and I'll have to apologize to you. I do not know that the answer to that question, and uh, I wouldn't want to pose as if I did. I am on uh, three policy committees. I'm not on a, any of the fiscal committees. The fiscal committees are Ways and Means, um, at Transportation and Capital Budget, and those are the guys who decide, guys and gals, um, men and women of our year legislature, who decide how money is spent, and, of course, by the majority party, because they have uh, the votes to, to uh, spend that money as they wish when they write the budgets. And uh, so I apologize to you. I don't know the answer to that question. I wish I did have an answer for you right here, right now. But one thing that you may be able to answer for me is that while any government agency or any agency in the state that does receive tax dollars does have to have an accounting of it, any money that 
Washington State taxpayers give to the tribes, they don't need to make an accounting of where that money goes, correct? Another another great question that uh, I apologize <laughs> as a policy uh, legislator. I don't know the answer to that question. Um, and if I was one of those fiscal committees, I, w- I wouldn't know the answer. But my apologies to you for not knowing. No, hey, that's perfectly fine. These are things that just in my research and my readings that I'm, I'm noticing and I'm noticing trends. And um, they're interesting trends to me. But back to some of the matters at hand in Olympia. Uh, what is on the docket for this week? And what are some of the bills that you think are either going to hit committee or may hit the floor that uh, residents of the 8th, 8th Legislative District or our listening audience need to be aware of? Well, the, the number one thing uh, that's, that's afoot right now in the legislature is uh, the law enforcement reform. And it, it, it breaks my heart that the law enforcement officers are uh, being put forward in the legislature this year as the bad guys. We're the guys who are doing things wrong, and we need to be corrected. And, in fact, a lot of the tools that you have to do your job to keep your community safe, we're going to take them away from you uh, because uh, you're the bad guys. And so uh, it's a great question, and the number one thing that people can do is get involved in your legislative process. Now, before, there was only, last year there was only two committees that you could uh, be a part of remotely. This year... Every single committee you can be involved in remotely. You can either get involved on your computer, or if you're not computer savvy, you can call in on your telephone and testify in committee, and or you can even uh, contact my office, 360-786-7882, 360-786-7882, and my legislative assistant will tell you exactly which bills are being heard when and exactly how you can contact your legislature and, and testify either in opposition or in favor of the bills that are coming before your legislature. That's the most powerful thing in Washington state government is the citizens of Washington state getting involved. Now, Representative Clippert, we're talking with Representative Brad Clippert from the 8th Legislative District here on the bottom line. Uh, I know that there was uh, an announcement that you wanted to share or or you wanted to make an announcement and share with the listeners of our program uh, this afternoon during our interview. So the floor is yours, sir. Well, I just wanted to let your listeners know that it is my intention in the 2022 election cycle that I, uh, Brad Clippert, will be running for the in the fourth congressional district for Congress, and so um, I'm making that. Uh, this is the first place that I'm making that publicly known. I tried to set up a perfect time to have a press release uh, with television, radio, and newspaper news uh, to let everyone know at the same time. But uh, my the demand on my time is <laughs> daunting; it never stops. And so I just thought 610 KONA was the best place uh, to make this announcement, since how we are going to meet today at this time. So I just want to let you know, your listeners know that Brad Clippert intends on running for Congress in the 4th Congressional District in, in the 2022 election cycle. Now, Representative Clippert, you know the first question I'm going to ask is, why make this decision? You served in the House for a number of years in the State House. Why make this decision, and, and why have you decided to run for U.S. Congress? Well, actually, uh, when Doc Hastings uh, stated uh, years ago that he was not a t- in- intending on uh, running again, um, 
that's when the first uh, inkling in my heart and mind started. Um, to be honest with you, I'm a man of faith. I prayed a lot about it. I felt led and called to run way back then. I think there was a field of eight people. And when I looked at all, everything, um, it just didn't seem that the time was right. So I've kept my heart and mind open to that idea. And a particular, a particular vote was taken on the House floor here in the last couple of weeks. And uh, when a particular congressman voted a particular way, um, that's when I knew that it was time for me to stand up and step out. And I will be running for Congress in the 4th Congressional District in 2022. Well, Representative Clibbert, we appreciate you uh, making that announcement on our program. Uh, thank you very much for honoring us with, with that announcement. Uh, and we certainly wish you the best of luck um, in that race. And we certainly wish you the best of luck uh, in the rest of this legislative session because it's going to be a tough one. It is going to be a tough one. And I just want to tell your, uh, your listeners that I am a public servant. So if there's absolutely any way I can serve you, please let me know because I take my job very, very seriously. I'm not here in this elected position for me, I'm here for you. So let me know how I can best serve you. Representative Brad Clippert, representing the 8th Legislative District, thank you very much for your time, sir. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. And you as well. Wow. There you go. There you go. You know, we'll have a little bit of time when we come back. Not much, but uh, we can certainly discuss... That announcement coming up, um, Representative Brad Clippert. I can't say that I'm shocked at that, but we'll explain. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Bob and Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA. Not a whole lot of time left in hour number one, but um, we certainly have uh, have a little bit to talk about in hour number two uh, with the announcement just made by Representative Brad Clippert on the program that he will run against Representative Dan Newhouse yep. for the congressional seat in the 4th Legislative District in 2022. That announcement made just a few minutes ago on this program first. Said he originally thought about it uh, when Doc Hastings retired, uh, but the field was so big. I remember that. There was a ton of people uh, vying for that, ultimately won by Dan Newhouse. Um, But he said uh, he kind of parked it in the back of his brain a little bit. And it resurfaced recently when Congressman Newhouse voted to impeach President Trump uh, on the inciting insurrection charges uh, that actually um, that trial uh, is now in adjournment uh, for a couple of weeks. But it did get going under the in in the Senate today. So 8th District, uh, 8th Legislative District State Representative Brad Clippert officially announcing that he is going to uh, challenge fellow Republican uh, Dan Newhouse for that congressional seat in the 2022 uh, election cycle. It's an interesting move. Very, very interesting move. And um, we appreciate uh, Representative Clippert uh, sharing that with our listeners uh, first. Absolutely. So absolutely. Very much so. Um, You know, 
I I will say this that I I don't doubt I, I look we know how many people weren't happy with Representative Newhouse's vote in that regard and I was expecting that there probably would be a number of challengers based on that alone. Um, the timing's interesting, and we can discuss some of that when we come back um, to announcing now mm-hmm. and and getting it out there. Um, but already the first name out there to challenge Representative Newhouse in two years. I mean, he just won re-election a month and a half ago, and already the first challenger has put their name out there for 2022, and that is... 8th Legislative District Representative Brad Clippert from Kennewick. Back with more after this. 